You're listening to the Meeting Midway Podcast, a podcast of Midway United Methodist Church in Alpharetta, Georgia, featuring Pastor Jenny Andoni and Pastor Amanda Lane. Over the course of the podcast, we'll hear how the church relates to the real-world issues that matter to you and how God loves us all. Now, let's meet Midway. Good morning, Midway. Gosh, I wish you could see it from up here. You all look so good this morning. Please stand up and worship with us. There is joy in this house. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, He holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. We won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. We sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. Cause he rose up from that cross And he rose up from that grave My God still rolling stones away There's joy in the house of the Lord There's joy in the house of the Lord today And we won't be quiet We shout out your praise There's joy in the house of the Lord Our God is surely in this place we won't be quiet, we shout out your praise. We were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. We were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Shout out your praise. Shout out your praise. 
Good morning. And welcome to worship at Midway. It's wonderful to see everyone in the house of the Lord this morning, and we welcome those online as well. Psalm 95, 6 and 7 says, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. So let us now worship our Lord and our God.
Hey there, and welcome to worship at Midway. I'm Amanda Lane, one of the pastors here. And here are three things you need to know this week. Number one, I know it's only the beginning of July, but before you know it, we'll be back to school. And we want to make sure that this year is covered in prayer. On Sunday, July 30th at 11 a.m., we will celebrate Back to School Sunday. This includes the blessing of the backpacks, where we will pray over all of those who are returning to school. That includes students, teachers, administrators, and school staff, bus drivers. So bring yourself and your school bag, and we will pray for you. This is also a great opportunity to invite a friend or a neighbor to join us. July 30th is also Promotion Sunday. Those students entering fourth grade will get to attend Club 4-5 for the very first time. And those who are entering sixth grade are invited to attend Sunday school and youth group. Finally, on June 30th, after the 11 o'clock service, everyone, whether you're school bound or not, are invited to join us for snow cones on the front lawn. July 30th will be a fantastic day. Number two, the start of a new school year is a great time to jump in and serve. Midway has many different ways to get involved, from choir to children and students to missions, just to name a few. We have many opportunities to serve Christ. I'd love to talk to you about how you can use your gifts and talents to serve Midway. Contact me, Amanda, at midwayumc.org. And finally, you have an opportunity to change a life. Midway is collecting a special offering for Murphy Harps. Murphy Harps provides hope and healing to severely abused and neglected children and youth through residential treatment, foster care, and creative therapeutic approaches. Over one-third of their annual support comes from United Methodist churches like Midway. Please give generously today and be a part of a nearly 100-year legacy of serving Georgia's most vulnerable children. You can give in person or online between June 29th and July 23rd. Simply indicate on your check that your gift is for Murphy Harpst or online at midwayumc.org backslash give. You can choose the Murphy Harpst fund in the drop-down menu. Don't worry if you didn't catch some of those announcements. You can scan this QR code and you'll be taken to our What's Happening page where you can find today's announcements and more opportunities at Midway. While you're there... Register your attendance, and feel free to share any prayer requests with us. We want to thank you for your continuous generosity and faithfulness to the mission and ministry of Jesus through our church. Here at Midway, there are three ways to give. You can give in person. Simply drop your envelope in one of the offering plates. You can give online through the website or the Midway app. Or you can also send a check through the mail. More information can be found 
on the website. And now, as we prepare ourselves for worship, let us pray. Almighty God, we come before you and bow down to honor and to worship you. Mold us into your people, into your disciples. God, we pray all of this in your holy name. Amen. This time, we want to invite all the children forward for the children's time. you guys this morning? Good. So I have this big rock here. How much do you think it weighs? 100 pounds, not quite. Three pounds, probably pretty close. Two pounds, I think it weighs about five pounds. So weighing five pounds, I bet any of you guys could pick it up. And you could probably even hold it out like this for like a minute or two with no problem. Don't you think so? Yeah. Could you hold it out there like that all day long? No, because the longer you hold it, the more it feels like it weighs, right? Because your arm gets tired. And that's kind of like the burdens that we carry around. Do you guys know what a burden is? Some of you do. Okay. So a burden could be having trouble at school with your schoolwork, or it could be one of your classmates not being nice to you, or it could even be illness, like that you're sick. And so those burdens, they can get heavy too, right? They can be like hard and make things hard, just like this rock. But if I have this rock and someone else helps me hold it, so Rosie, if you helped me hold it, do you think we would be able to hold it for longer? What if 10 people helped you hold it? It would be really easy, right? It would be a really, this burden would be really easy to carry, right? If there were 10 of us, because everyone takes a little bit of the weight. And you know what's awesome? Is that's how our burdens are when we come to church and that we're surrounded by other people who love Jesus and other Christians because they can help us carry our burdens, right? They can help us when we're having a bad day and they can encourage us. And who else is always there to help you with your burdens? Yep, that's right. And if you pray and you let God take your burdens, you know what? He'll take your burdens. He'll take that rock and he will just lift it up and it'll feel like a feather off of you. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Do you think that next time something happens and you have a tough day at school or someone's not nice to you, you think you can give that burden to to Jesus, give it to God, pray and ask him to make it a little bit lighter for you? Yeah. All right, can we say a prayer? Right, everyone bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm going to say it and you say it, okay? Dear God, we love you. Thank you for our church family. Thank you for helping alleviate our burdens. And for always being there for us. 
We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. That was a big word. You guys did really well. I know. Didn't think about that one. All right. So you guys either head back to your parents or the little guys head back to the back and we'll go downstairs. will, poor will. We'll hold them in our prayers. I want to thank you for your continued generosity and faithfulness in uh, giving of your time and your talents. Um, because of you, we're able to offer a place for children to come and learn about Jesus and for youth to grow in their faith. And for this community of faith, this body of believers, to be a beacon in hope in this community. So let us now offer to God our gifts, our tithes, and our very lives. Lord, I come
Jerry Hubach is our chair of the Pastor Parish Relations Committee, and he comes this morning to make a special introduction. Thank you. Thank you, Jenny. Good morning, my Midway family. I am Jerry Hubach, chair of the SPRC. And before I begin my comments, I want to acknowledge two team members. One is Mark Scudder, Mark. The other is Heather Bennett, back there, Heather. Uh, I have the great privilege to work with Heather and Mark, and they're great team members, and thank you for all you do. You know, um, one of the key responsibilities of the SPRC is to uh, assist pastors Jenny and Amanda with uh, finding and hiring outstanding talent. Uh, one of the fun things about being the chair of the SPRC is I get to stand here this morning to do just that, tell you that we found some great talent. And I want to introduce our new director of student ministries and missions, Nate Juvenal and his family. And let me start with his wonderful family before, Nate, I start talking about you. Uh, first, we have his wife, Susan. Nate and Susan have been married 18 years. Uh, they reside in Kennesaw. And uh, Susan is in administration at Davis Elementary School in Cobb County. As you can see, they have two beautiful daughters. One is Katie, who's going to be a freshman in high school this fall. Right, Katie? Good luck, Mom. <laughs> and the other is Hope, who's going to be a fourth grader this year. So uh, we've got a wonderful family, and welcome to Midway, uh, Katie, Hope, and Susan. Now let's talk about you, Nate, for a minute. In preparation for this, I, I re-looked at Nate's resume, and my goodness, it's, it's a lot. It's very accomplished. 
And I said, I'm going to have to make some notes because I'm not going to remember this. So uh, Nate um, graduated from uh, Asbury College in Walmart, Kentucky with a BA. And he majored in communications. Um, he studied at the school of youth, a Perkins School of Youth Ministry, which is part of SMU, Dallas, Texas. And he has a certificate, North Georgia Youth Ministry uh, coaching program. So great educational background. Uh, Nate started his work career with CNN. He was there for, at CNN for almost five years. He left CNN as associate producer and editor. So um, thinking of, we've got a bonus here, don't we, with Nate? Uh, he also worked in communications at previous churches, and he's going to lead our communications here at Midway. Um, additionally, he has 20-plus years of leading and teaching students at two churches, Northside United Methodist, where he grew the ministry to 250 active students, and then at Dalton First United Methodist Church, where he grew that ministry to 150 active students. He has led numerous mission trips, retreats, youth ministry workshops, and his title includes missions. So, Nate, I wanted to give you a piece of advice. This is really, really important that we have mission trips and uh, <laughs> ministry workshops and retreats. Uh, Nate currently serves on youth advisory board for North Georgia Conference. So, um, Midway, this is a full-time position. We're making an investment. You're making an investment in Nate. You're making an investment in our children. So when I think about Nate teaming up with Tiffany, our kids are in great hands, absolutely great hands. So I think as chair of the SPRC, Heather, Mark, we're all so proud of this accomplishment. So, um, Nate has a proven track record of growing his ministry. And with that, I'll turn this over to you. Thank you so much, Midway. Uh, thank you so much for that amazing introduction. Uh, but more importantly, thank you so much for the radical hospitality I'm not only showing myself, but to my family. Uh, we have truly felt your love and your encouragement from the moment we set foot here. So thank you for that. I am so excited to see what the Lord has planned for us as we get together in partnership and ministry. We hope to create a space, to continue to create a space where our students feel a sense of belonging, where they can feel growth and transformation in Christ, where they can form authentic relationships with each other, yes, with us, yes, but more importantly, with God. We are excited about what the future holds here at Midway. I can't wait to get started. So let's go. Here we go, Midway. Thank you all. Get the bat, hit the pack. The...
I know that y'all will be in prayer for Nate as he begins his ministry and his family as they become part of the Midway family and also um, for our children and youth and their families as we continue uh, to minister with them and help them. Let us now go to God in prayer. Lord, we do need you every hour, which is why we are here in this hour. We've come from various places, carrying with us a variety of burdens, but we come here knowing that here we can find rest for our souls and encouragement for the week ahead. Lord, we thank you for who you are, for your love and your great mercy, especially through your Son, Jesus Christ, who, in whom you have revealed your love for us and inspired us by your Spirit to become and live more like him and how we love one another and our neighbors. We confess, Lord, to falling short of all that you have called and created us to be as individuals and as a community of faith. So we ask you to remold us and make us image of Christ that we may continue to grow as faithful disciples and to be that place where those who do not have a church home will come and find one and find you in the midst of your people. Lord, we pray for each weary soul that is here this day, that they would experience your perfect love and healing presence as we continue to worship you and pray the prayer your son taught, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen
Good morning. It's my pleasure to be with you this morning. Would you join me in prayer? God, we thank you for this day. And Lord, I thank you for this time that we have to come together as the body of Christ. And Lord, the opportunity we have to hear your word. God, I pray that your word would be spoken through me. And God, that we would hear these words and they would transform our hearts. Amen. So this is kind of odd. One of the questions I have struggled with and wrestled with over the past couple years is, why church? I'm a pastor. Church is my thing, right? But, but I always ask, why do people choose to come and to participate and to be here Sundays, uh, to, to join together with groups, but um, I don't know that I've really had a great answer until I started looking at our, our uh, scripture for this week and until I started kind of looking into the answer that Jesus has given us. It seems, it seems, I ask that question because it seems like a lot of people, um, they believe in Jesus and that is very important, but but they don't need to go to church to have faith in Jesus. I mean, I agree with that. You don't have to be in a body to be a believer. You can believe at home. Um, this week, while I was preparing for this sermon, I wanted to see how people felt about church. Why did some people come and participate in church? And why did others not want to participate in church? Why did they, they choose not to participate? Um, and a couple answers I got, um, a couple folks said, I attend to stay connected to other believers. So the fellowship of believers, joining together with others in ministry and in, di- in discipleship. Um, someone said, it's a great example for my children. Another person said, I'm called to share the gospel. And I do that with second graders in my church. It's just one of the places I get to do that. But I also get fed spiritually at church. Another person said, I feel needed. They participate in different areas of the church, and and if they're not there, they're missed. People notice. So they said they feel needed. But I also found it interesting, the responses I got from those who don't attend church on a regular basis. Someone said, we just got out of the habit after COVID. And I get that. That's a, that's a valid, valid thing. Um, some other people said, the people in church don't act like Christians. So they look at those who are present and, and they go, ooh, that's not how Jesus would act. Um, another person said, the church can't answer my questions. Other folks said they don't offer anything for my age and stage in life. And then it's really hard to participate because nothing is offered at a convenient time for working parents. So you see there's a lot of, of varying ideas about why we attend church, why we don't attend church, what's needed, um, and, and the, the response that we have to the people around us. And data supports this too. Um, this information I looked up about religious involvement um, in a 
10-mile radius from here, from Midway UMC, the, the people that encompass 10 miles around the church. Um, the data source is called Mission Insight, and what they do is they collect information from um, the U.S. Census. And they collect that, and they analyze it, and they put it together for church leaders like us so that we can look at it and kind of say, what, what's the need in our community? Uh, so from the 2020 census, it's, uh, they said more people are becoming less involved in their religious communities. And what that looks like is in 2017, the population surrounding our church those 10 miles from our church, um, they were not involved. 60.6% uh, of those people were not involved. Compare that to 2021, 72.1, just four years later, went from 60.6 .6 people not involved to 72.1 people, percent of people not involved. In 2017, 51% of people agreed that belief in Jesus does not require participation in a church. And then compare that to the 2021 statistics, 65.7% of people agreed that belief in Jesus does not require participation in a church. That's more than a 14% increase in people that say, hey, I've, I've got a faith and I, I believe in Jesus and, and I'm... I'm growing in my faith, but I don't need the church. So that brings me back to my question. Why church? Why do we, as people that follow God, that believe in Jesus, why do we come back week after week, participate in worship, participate in small groups? Why do we, why do we serve through missions? If we don't need to participate in church to have a relationship with Jesus, then what's the point of this place? Well, I think, yes, you can have faith in Jesus, and you can, be, you can do that alone, but we were created as human beings to be in relationship and to be in communion with one another, to grow together as disciples of Christ. We're going to look at our scripture, Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 through 30. And I've asked Rosie White to come in to read for us this morning. As she comes forward, um, let me give you a little bit of background. So last week we heard about how Jesus, um, we learned about how Jesus wanted his disciples to extend hospitality to all. That we were called to, to offer hospitality, that that is attractive to bringing people together to celebrate Christ. And um, as we move forward in the ministry of Jesus, we see that his ministry is gaining momentum. And people are noticing this teacher that has come out and he's, he's teaching something different than what the religious leaders of the day were teaching. And so let's look at Matthew chapter 11, verse 25 through 30. The Father and the Son. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have shown them to babies. Indeed, Father, this brings you happiness. 
My Father has handed all things over to me. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wants to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are struggling hard and carrying heavy loads. I will give you rest. Put on my yoke and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble. You will find rest for yourself. My yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is light. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Miss Rosie. In verses 25 to 27, Jesus is praying a prayer, and he is critical, very critical of the religious institution of that day. The institution had placed these burdens on the people, had placed these obligations on the people. Those seeking to follow God had to do works in order to prove that they were faithful. Uh, One of my commentaries that I read this week, said, when Matthew wrote this, he had in mind the burden of religious obligation imposed by religious leaders, which he understood as a barrier to communion with God. Acting, being, pretending to be faithful was a barrier to actually being faithful. In Jesus' day, the image of a yoke had become an actual metaphor for Judaism and for the law. So the yoke, uh, the, Jew, the Jewish leaders would put a yoke on the followers of Judaism. And that yoke was considered heavy and burdensome. The leaders had made faith into that heavy burden, one that was too heavy to carry. And so they wanted to make sure that the law, the letter of the law was followed to a T. But Jesus, Jesus comes in and in verse 27, he reminds his listeners that he was sent to release them from that burden, that he was sent to release them from the law. So we find ourselves looking at 28, verse 28, 29, and verses 30, where Jesus promises a lighter load for those who, who follow him. Here's what it said. Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus here is promising freedom from the religious burdens of the day. Let me, let me see if I can paraphrase it. Jesus says, come to me, and we'll work through this religious stuff. Come to me and, and be free. Following me was, was never meant to be about rules and obligations. Following me is about realizing the kingdom. And the kingdom of God is based on relationships, not rules. It's based on a love that is unconditional, not a love that's riddled with thou shalt nots and thou shalt do X, Y, Z. So I go back to my original question. Why church? If faith in Christ isn't about about following a set of rules and obligations, uh, what is it about? Why do we continue to come and to be present together? 
Well, a, former, uh, a lay leader in one of my firm, former churches said this perfectly. He said, God made us all as creatures for relationship. When the Christian church was born shortly after Jesus died, he knew we were going to need each other and that his church could help meet relationship needs that only groups of believers would come to understand. Loving one another and loving him is made possible by churches around the world. Presence in church is essential to the disciple, the apostle, the follower, the believer. It's what makes us faithful, kind, and generous. Church is not only for us to come and and sit to follow to reach some obligation. Yes, you can follow Christ on your own at home or in your community, but the purpose of church is to grow together in relationships with others. You see, I think in this scripture, the yoke of Jesus Christ, we're talking about when, when Jesus gives us his yoke, our burdens of, of obligations and requirements are lifted, but Jesus doesn't just give it to one person. Jesus yokes us all together. All of us are together carrying the same burden, and, and that makes things a little bit lighter, doesn't it? Our burdens weren't meant to be carried alone. We need each other for support. We need each other for encouragement, for wisdom, for knowledge, for fellowship, and for connection. So why church? Because we carry the yoke of Christ together. Together. The yoke binds us together. The answers that I got from people when I asked them, hey, what, what is it that brings you to church? I want you to know that none of them said the preaching. Sorry, Jenny, myself, sorry, no, preaching. No one said the choir or the worship band. Sorry, guys, you're doing a great job. But nobody mentioned those things as, as what pulls them to church. That's the primary reason. All of the answers that I received were about the relationships that they had with other people within their community of faith. They participate in church because they have found community. For those that don't participate in church, they shared that they haven't found the community or they haven't found a community or, or they have found a community, but that community broke covenant with them. So Christ calls each and every one of us to a different way of living out our faith. Not to live our faith alone and secluded from others, but to live our faith together. With friends, with neighbors, with strangers to come together and to live life in relationship with one another. Now, when I, when I end my sermons, I always like to try and give a concrete example of, of how you can do this or a concrete um, push in one direction. Well, this week, I want to tell you about an idea, a vision that, that God has placed on my heart that, um, that I feel applies to this, that helps us bring ourselves together, bring everybody together.
This emphasis on connection, that emphasis is so important to us, to me. And so many people have told me that they long for connection. Especially after the pandemic, you know, when we were isolated from one another, all we wanted to do was get out and be with friends and family. Even those of us who were introverts, we wanted to get out. We wanted to be together. So I believe God is calling us, Midway UMC, to provide community in a variety of different ways. Community is certainly found in our Sunday school classes. We've got the fellowship class. We've got the journey class, the lighthouse class. And they all meet. And all the people that attend those classes, when I talk to them, they say, these people are essential to growing my faith. Being a participant in these classes is, is what I need in order to maintain my ground, maintain my foundation. But what about those who, who haven't found a connection yet? What about those in the church that are still looking for a connection? Maybe the timing isn't right for Sunday school. Maybe other Bible studies don't work with your time frame. Um, but also, what about people in the community? I think, I think connection goes farther than just wanting to connect within the church. I think people in our community are looking for connection. I know that's one of my big things. It feels isolating having two children who need me all the time. And so I want to connect with other people who are dealing with the same thing, whose children are crying as they carry them out of worship. It's just nice to know, yeah, my kid does that too. So I believe God's calling us to provide community in a variety of ways. And um, I, would want to, I long to see us launch several small groups in the fall, in the upcoming winter, that reach inside and outside the walls. So what does this look like? Let me paint a picture. They look like people gathering around a shared interest. How many of y'all like to cook or like to grill? Okay. All right, so we've got a group of folks that like cooking. They like to grill. Well, how about a group that gets together based on that? Let's get together once a, once a month and grill out. Now, I know what happens around the grill. People, people get together over a grill, and then they start shooting the breeze, and then conversation goes deeper. You're doing life around that grill. It's not quite the church building, but it's still doing life together. These groups might also look like four to six people who, who want to come together weekly to ask the question, how is it with your soul? Now, this is a question that one of the founders of Methodism, John Wesley, he proposed that we ask weekly, how is it with your soul? It's deeper than how are you doing? because we always get that answer, oh, I'm fine. No, how is it with your soul? How is it, how is your relationship with God, with friends, with your family, with your children, with your spouse, with your neighbors? How is it with your soul? What's weighing on your heart? It's a question that asks people to listen for and to answer to God. 
Because if you know you're going to be asked that question on a weekly basis, you start looking for the answer. Now, does this have to be done in person? It can be. But we can always ask the question, how is it with your soul over Zoom? It's another option. These groups might look like people coming together to pray over our prayer list. Or maybe knitters who come together as they knit prayer shawls and and they pray. Pray over those shawls. It might look like a small group gathering for an hour for just coffee and conversation. How's life? How's it going? Or maybe it uh, looks like children or parents who, after preschool drop-off in the morning, they come on upstairs to have coffee and to enjoy the presence of other preschool parents. Maybe it looks like people who go to Fowler Park for a play date, and between pushing on the screens and the swings and saying, oh, don't fall, you're going to hurt yourself, you're able to get in a couple words and to connect with another parent. Small group could even look like people who, uh, who want to train for our 5K that we host in October. That Mission, 5K, Mission Possible 5K is, is one of our biggest fundraisers for organizations. And wouldn't it be fun, it would be a lot easier to train for that, to walk, to run, to jog, if we have a group that we know is going to miss us. Jogging in Jesus. (laughs) But I do want to say, we cannot launch these groups without you. We need participants. We need leaders. We need people from the community who, who desire to be connected, to join into these groups. Now, I know, I know the idea of taking on one more thing. We don't, we're busy folks. Taking on one more thing seems like a burden. And we're trying to get away from from that religious burden. But I want to remind you that the idea behind these small groups is not that it be a burden, but that it's something that becomes part of your weekly rhythm. A natural addition to something that you're already doing or something that you want to start doing. Are there colleagues at work that you can gather with during lunch and say, how, how are you really doing? Not just fine, but how are you really doing? Are there parents at the ball field that, that you can talk with and pour into or, or share scripture with? Because so you know at the ball field, if you're waiting for someone to finish practice or a game, you're just standing around What about a group at the gym? Some folks at the gym that you all get together, you work out, and then you go have coffee or water or a healthy lunch if that's what you do, or the golf course. There are many places that we can look at in our life, in our already our rhythm of life, and say, what if I did this with other people? And because we're in community, You'll be resourced. I'm here to resource you. Pastor Jenny is here to resource you. We have plenty of options to help you get started. 
I'm able to provide suggestions, organization, logistics, communications, resources, even financial resources, and that comes with a, a disclaimer. Um, I would love to create a small group around our love for the beach, but I doubt that the church is going to pay for our beach retreat so that we can grow closer to God at the beach. But I hope, I hope that you're able to see the, the overarching vision that the church community is called to be in relationship with one another. And small groups is just one of the ways that we can do that. Small groups is an easy way to get in with people, but also it's an easy way to invite others to participate. They don't have to know the rules, the obligations. We don't hold them to that anyway. But a small group is an easy place to enter in to a conversation about Jesus Christ. So I hope that if, if this has sparked uh, a passion within you, I want to talk to you. My contact information, just my name, at midwayumc.org. Uh, if you want to be a part of a group, but you don't know what type of group it is, if you are really passionate about being a leader in a group, anywhere in between, contact me and let me know of your interest. Because friends, we come to church, the answer to my question of, of why church is because it provides connection, because it provides relief from the burden of life. Drop the yoke of obligation and pick up the yoke of Christ. His yoke is easy, and it connects us to other disciples who will help us lighten that load even more. Would you pray with me? Almighty God, I pray for your love and your guidance. Lord, would you in work in our hearts and our minds as we consider if we might begin or, or join a small group. Because God, we were created to be in connection with one another. And how can we do that? God, I pray that you would continue to lead and guide us as midway as we continue on seeking to do your work in the world, seeking to make disciples. In your name we pray. Amen. And now would you stand as we continue our worship?
to be together in worship with you this morning. I pray that as you go out, that you will pray about what I have shared with you. Is God calling you to lead, to join, to be a part of a small group? And if he is, come talk to me. Now go in the name of God the creator, God the redeemer, and God the sustainer. Go in peace.
You've been listening to the Meeting Midway podcast from Midway United Methodist Church. The doors to our community are open to all, and we invite guests to join us at our services on Sunday. We have a traditional worship service at 8.30 a.m. in our historic chapel and a contemporary service at 11 a.m. in our modern sanctuary. For more information, check us out online at midwayumc.org. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.